want to say I am so happy to be back podcasting and bringing you great content. And today I want to tell you about the episode you're about to listen to. I had on Jess Exco. She is in Australia. She is a life and confidence coach dealing with trauma in childhood and adults and really helping people find their center, get their wellness and resolve those issues. She has a true story. She has her own trauma she's dealing with and she's still healing from. And she's able to come from perspective of truly being there and being in it. And I have to say we had a great conversation. It was refreshing to talk to her, refreshing to hear her story and listen to her stumble, listen to her fall and pick herself back up and talk about her physical and mental abuse that she experienced and the anger that she still was holding on to, didn't know she was holding on to, and how she's finding her way in life and also helping others find their way in life. So please, please enjoy this great interview with Jess Exgo. She is a life and confidence coach. She's helping others around the world realize their trauma and heal from their trauma. So please enjoy Jess Exgo. All right. Welcome back to Shall You Proceed Podcast. It's been a while since y'all have seen me, but I am back. It is 2022. And once again, like I always do, I'm bringing you amazing content with amazing people doing amazing things. And I have today with me someone who is way in Australia. Look, at I'm excited. Australia. <laughs> Jess X Go. Hi, Jess. Hey, Aline. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. We were talking before we started about we had a reschedule, life happens, been so much going on, but I appreciate you um, being understanding. And, you know, I guess it's all about being a life coach, you know, all that, you know, have to have understanding, exercise grace for people, right? Yeah, definitely. And sometimes within means as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've tried to tell myself I can't stretch myself too thin. I have to listen to my body and my mind when I can and can't do something. I was really bad at just pushing through no matter what and just collapsing at the end of the day. And I can't do that anymore. I've had too much happen in my life for me to do that. Anyway, you're here. We're going to have a wonderful time. So Jess, you are a life in confidence. You are like a life coach and you specialize in the sad parts of life, the, the childhood trauma, trauma within yourself. You've had a journey to get where you are. I would love to hear that story. So tell me yeah, a little about you. Sure thing. So I'm a trauma coach in childhood abuse and I'm the founder of Life and Confidence. And the outcome is confidence from the inside out, not from confidence from instant gratification and addictions. That's just a false sense of perception of what confidence is. And so what we need to do is to work through the root cause of it all, which is childhood trauma. And so many of us are walking around so asleep to how trauma has programmed us to think and feel a certain way. And I know from my personal experience, I ask myself, is this the best that it can get? Why is it that I'm always thinking negatively? Why am I feeling angry all the time? Why is it really hard to feel the joy in life? And I didn't realize it was because of my childhood traumas. I've been so accustomed to normalizing trauma that I thought this is just what it is. 
until I started to seek help. I have to say, um, I didn't realize until the end of last year how I normalized my own trauma and how I inherited a lot of trauma that wasn't even mine to begin with. (laughs) But you know how your parents or your family or your friends, you know, those building blocks of life, you know, they put in you those fears. They put into you their trauma and now they're telling you or you're feeling it. And now you have the fear, you have the trauma. But I didn't realize how I was walking around myself, normalized trauma until I hit a brick wall. And I had to say, this is not, this is not healthy. This is not right. And because I wasn't healing, like you're saying, healing those parts of myself, I really couldn't move forward. Yes, I had successes. Yeah, I had different things that was great, but I couldn't even enjoy them. Or I always felt the bottom was going to fall out. Or if something did happen negatively, well, I knew it was going to happen. I just walked around in constant negativity and trauma and realized I wasn't even cultivating joy in my life. I appreciate the work that you're doing. I would love to hear because your background is full of struggle and trauma. And I think what's good about you and many others who may have your similar story, it's really hard to hear someone who's never had, I had to, I had to take away someone's upbringing, but if you haven't had some real dirt, some real ugly, it's really hard for me to hear what you have to say when it comes to healing, when you haven't really had to heal from some ugly you know, hero from that ugliness. So tell me about your ugliness. Tell me about the ugly upbringing that has brought you to where you are right now. Oh God, where do I start? (laughs) There's so much ugliness, but, um, you know, there is also beauty in ugliness as well. And I guess, um, you know, I guess to summarize the ugliness that I've experienced is all stemming from childhood experiences, which is the family dynamic. And so I was born and brought up in Sydney, Australia, as you could tell by my accent and my killer tan. (laughs) But um, at the same time, you could see that I'm ethnic. I'm Chinese Malaysian. That is my cultural background. Mm -hmm. And there has been a really strong identity struggle to be born and raised in a Western country and culture as well as speaking the English language. But at the same time, your parents are so traditional and cultural and trying to adjust between both worlds. And that really played a havoc with my own identity. I even find myself being racist towards my own kind because I was seeing it from the perspective of the Western culture or the white culture and the behaviours of that that I've experienced, racial comments and slurs throughout my own upbringing as well. And it's trying to figure out who am I? And on top of that, It's the belief system that I was exposed to and what love looks like. Mm -hmm. And the first experience of love is witnessing how my parents' marriage played out in front of me. Yes, we can experience love through the emotional bonding with mother in utero or through breastfeeding, and we can feel that love or not. Um, And I guess for me... I was brought up in a really chaotic family dynamic. In the earlier years of childhood trauma, it seems like I was brought up in a normal family. But then my first memory of experiencing anxiety 
occurred at eight years old where mm-hmm. my dad was trying to teach me the timetables and he would get agitated and start yelling at me if I didn't understand what 12 times 12 and he would question me why can't you understand and I just froze because I couldn't speak I lost my words I was so numbed I was afraid he was going to hit me and even though he didn't hit me at that time but in later times he did hit me and Mm. I lost my sense of uh I uh, vulnerability. It didn't feel safe to be vulnerable in that experience. So let me ask you before you go further, but that fear came from somewhere. So was he abusive towards your mom? And did you see it? Yes, that happened later on. It happened that later happened. on. Yeah. It's the way he spoke to me. I think we feel it coming though. It's like, you know, this is not, this is a little bit more than, come on, you can get it. The safety in tone. And the unsafety in tone is really important. So being so young, you felt totally unsafe and you felt taken out of that experience because you knew you don't know the answer. This person is getting upset with you. How do you even, at that young of age, how do you even process that? What do you do with Mm -hmm. that when you're so confused and you're with your dad and you think your dad is the one who's going to protect you and make you feel safe and Mm -hmm. there's no one else around you? It's it's hard. It's yeah. really, really hard. So let me ask you. So you, you know, being a minority uh, in Australia, I love when you said, and this is so true, I think for so many of us who try to fit into the European mindset, the you, you, you don't look like anyone else. You're trying to fit in. And then you have your own racist thoughts towards your own who look like you because you're trying to just, fit into and you're never going to fit in. You're never going to fit in. That's a struggle. And you you don't know you're trying you're trying to find your identity. How did you find your identity amongst all of that negativity? That is such a great question. <laughs> um you know it's only just the past few years mm-hmm. that I'm discovering who I really am. Mm. And I'm only 35 right now. And I've been diving into this work of awakening Mm. for the past 10 years, trying all sorts of different things, therapy, um, self-development, seminars, different teachers, retreats, the whole lot for 10 years. And it's only recently that I've really looked inside the consciousness of my soul and start to realise, holy crap, this is who I really am. So it's through those droplets of awakening, that's when I started to discover, okay, this is another level of Jess. This is another layer. This is another layer. Oh, whoa, we're getting closer now. So it's through those experiences that has allowed me to see the bigger picture and to start breaking away layers and layers of that programming that has been indoctrinated in society, in this Western culture and from my family dynamic, and as you've pointed out, trauma that we've experienced from other people, such as ancestral trauma, energetically we can pick up people's emotions if we're not energetically contained. How many people did you lose along the way of your journey? Because to have those awakenings, everyone can't come along. They're not going to. Family, especially, or friends, because 
you're you're fundamentally changing because some people like the old you when that really wasn't even who you really were at all. That was just something that you were just walking in. I would love to know now at 35, I remember 35 so well. Anyway, now at 35 and you've had this awakening, which is great to have it now. Do you miss those people? Are they coming along? Or is it like, you know what? This is it's about Jess. You have to just, and how has it been for you? Arlene, you ask freaking good questions. And I've been contemplating that question myself recently as well because the past month I had to cut off a couple of friendships Mm. and I felt their energy, the interactions that we were having was weighing me down. Yeah. And I felt like I can't be who I am supposed to be in this lifetime if I've got these connections in my life. I don't feel that I could realize my fullest potential. And so to be honest with you, I don't have many friends. The Mm -hmm. only family that I have in my life is my mom. My dad died when I was 22 from a heart attack that I prayed for. This is another version of my ugly. Right, right. And then I have an estranged relationship with my brother. I haven't been in communication with him for the past two years because we're polar opposites of the world, we just cannot see things eye to eye. We're completely different people. Um, And I've learned to accept, you know what, there's no point of continuing a relationship and trying to attach myself to this relationship, have a brother and sister relationship, if he's not willing to have that relationship with me. There's just no point. So I have to respect that decision, let it go and make peace with that. And I feel so much better. So I only have a couple of friends I only have my mother in my life out of all my family. I'm not in close communication with my relatives. I'm practicing digital minimalism. Mm -hmm. And what I'm learning is it's really important to detach from the desires of the wounded inner child. We want to be heard. We want to be protected and respected and all this stuff. But in the end, it comes down to this. You and I, We came here by ourselves as a soul. We're going to leave this body by ourselves as a soul. We only came here in this lifetime through this age, culture, body to experience certain things that we need to experience to awaken our soul's consciousness, to dissolve the karma and clear the ancestral trauma to heal this planet. And what I got this key message about letting people go is this, that I am here for my soul's evolution. Nice. Oh my gosh. That's a lot. <laughs> that's that's heavy. But you know, I and I fully agree with everything because um in reading, you're the oldest between you and your brother, right? Yes. So the oldest has a different burden and the youngest has a different burden when it comes to life and um taking care of your parents and being the the you know the pioneer is the oldest because now it's like you have to do everything and set an example. But what I want to go back to is I started practicing in 2019 the closure can be one-sided idea. I sat here one day, and you know how we lay here and we ask, you know, God who, or whomever you worship or you, you follow, take away out of my life what's not for me. And every day I say that whatever is not for me, take it away. 
be it person, place, or thing, if it's not for me or serving me any purpose or growth or pouring into me, take it out of my life. If it's not meant for me, I do not need it. And I know we're human. We try to fight against, well, I like it. It feels good. Whatever that may be, we try to fight against that. But you have to sometimes really say, if it's not for me, take it out of my life. And also closure can be one-sided. I think so many of us who are battling, healing from trauma, from toxic, whatever that may be, we want closure from someone. And you have to realize this is your journey of healing. So closure has to be one-sided. Shut the door, nail it, throw some cement on there, put a metal plate, close it because you're never going to get the answer that you want. And if you keep seeking it, that's your way of holding on to that trauma, holding on to that person or place or thing that's not serving you or not good for you. And I, for me, it's all about, like you said, I can only do what I can do. If it's not going to be reciprocated, that's okay. I know what I can do. And for my personal healing and my personal health and peace of mind and well-being, it can be one-sided. It's okay. And that's fine. And I started practicing that in 2019. And when I tell you, I have felt, <laughs> felt so good. It feels so, so good. So let me ask you, you had a traumatic experience with your dad. How has your relationship been with your mom, though? Mm. (laughs) I'm glad you asked this question Mm -hmm. because even though I I wasn't able to have the courage and the strength and the maturity to have closure in a conversation with my dad before he passed away when I was 22, I wasn't in that right mindset to do that anyway. But now being 35, I'm able to now have that conversation with my mother, which I just had a couple of weeks ago. And boy, that was a deep awakening experience for both of us because she called me recently and there was something in her words that triggered me. And what she said, looking back, there was nothing wrong with what she said. It was just energetically a deeper part of my wounded inner child was so overwhelmed by those words. And I regressed back to how I was feeling about her in high school, where I had to save her emotionally, financially. I had to grow up fast and start working in my early 20s and discourage my career path. I had to pay for the mortgage because my dad didn't want to pay for the mortgage. He was so focused on his sex addictions with hookers and mistresses. So I felt that I had to rescue her. And so in that moment when I was in my high school years, that trigger of pain was brought up at 35 and that pain was fugly. I tell you that it was uncontrollable. I started abusing my mom over the phone through a series of text messages from the day of the call to the evening. I could not stop. This is so unlike me, but that was the wounded part of me that had to purge, 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 purge. And I realized, whoa, I'm acting Um, from the wounded inner child, and I was behaving like my father, you know, sending death threats. It was fugly. Um, 
And you know what? In the end, I am human too. And so the next day I did send a text. I did apologize to her, but then I abused her again. And then she finally responded the next day. And she said to me that I'm sorry. I love you. Don't think too much. Take care. And I called her because I thought to myself, I don't want to hear that you love me. I don't want you to say, um, don't think too much because that's not okay. We need to talk about it. We need to talk. We can't just put these experiences underneath the rug. Mm. We, we can't live like this anymore. And so I called her. I mastered the courage and called her. And first and foremost, I apologized to her. And I had to translate a lot of the things, all of a lot of these messages on Google Translate for her to hear because a lot of the words, it's just hard to translate with her Chinglish and my broken <laughs> Chinese, you yes. know, lots of translation. So I need Google Translate. And so I translated and the, that message said, I am so sorry for being abusive. And I started to cry like no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I really owned my shit there and there. I was you really had to, happy. you had to, and I and not to cross you, but it's like the person that you despise, which is your father. You didn't, you realize in that moment, I have so much of him in me. That's right. And we have to realize that your environment is, you know, that's our foundation. That's our frame of reference for a very long time. And as much as we do not want to be or want to be, it's there. We fight against it. It's not me. But until you resolve that, you are those, it's in you. It's a, it's a piece of you. And at any point in time, you're triggered. And it makes you think for me how unhealed you were in that moment that because you, you didn't resolve that issue. You know, he left you at 22. You didn't have time to resolve anything. You know what I mean? So when it came up, you lashed out at who you felt should protect you was your mom. And if she has the broken English and you have the broken Chinese, it's a lot going on. And I feel that, and I'll, and I will, I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. I think that what many people don't understand in this melting pot of a world, so many cultures, the way parents parent and the treatment of people are totally different, unfortunately. And only of recent, we're realizing that's not good. That's that's not um we're damaged, there's more damage than good that's happening. So you talk to your mom, you apologize. Good for you. How did that go? So, you know, I really appreciate your insights because I feel that's really important to share, especially for people who are listening to this conversation, uh, to see it from multiple perspectives. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. And It's true because there was a suppressed trauma inside of me that needed to be purged. In the past, I wasn't ready to heal that pain. And it's only just till recently I was ready to heal that pain. It just came up unexpectedly. But I guess there's no such things as uh, coincidences. No. (laughs) (laughs) And so I continue the conversation. My mom was crying too. It's the first time I've ever heard her crying because she felt me for the first time rather than me presenting a protective, guarded version of myself. And so I asked her, Mom, this is going to be a 30-minute conversation. I will be asking you about nine questions. It's really important for me to ask you these questions. 
Would that be okay? And she was trying to derail, like, oh, I'm expecting a call, rah, rah, rah. And I said, okay, so when are you free for the call? And then she couldn't confirm a time, so then I had to confirm a time for her, 4.30, mm-hmm. okay. Then she called me at 4.30. We had the chat. I started asking her questions. And when she answered, I could see that some of my questions were so petty because it came from a place of insecurity and fear. Yeah. yeah. And then other questions and answers that I heard, I started to feel immense amount of rage. I was lashing out at her. I was cutting her out because it wasn't the answer that I wanted to hear or it wasn't the answer that I expected to hear or I would question her and ask her, why didn't you protect me? How can you not remember that you abused me after my dad hit me? How can you not remember but you remember dad hitting me at the age of 8 and 18? And so all of the anger was purging out. And then I asked her other questions about her upbringing and I started to realise, oh, my God, Jess, it's not about what's right and what's wrong. That's not the point and that's not the point of the conversation. It's about seeing it from her perspective and accepting where she's at. Mm -hmm. And at the end I said to my mum, it is not my right to judge you for the decisions that you made for you and your children. You are at your journey at that level of consciousness. You did what you could with the level of education that you had, which was only primary school. She never went to high school. That you were the oldest of 13 kids. That you had an emotionally abusive mother and your dad died and you loved him so dearly. That you escaped your suffering from your family dynamic by moving into another country and marrying my dad and tolerating high levels of abuse from my father and normalizing it and his death threats. So I've realized I need to practice compassion and acceptance for my mother. This is the best that she could do considering what she went through and that this is just her journey. Everything, every choice is free will. She decides what she can do and what she can't. She decides to ask questions or not. It's just her programming, her culture, where women are being suppressed and not to ask questions or not to ask for help and support because there's so much shame or we need to protect our privacy, whatever it is, or to save face. And I've realised I was brought up in a completely different era, culture, country. I have a high level of education. I may not have got a uni degree and that was definitely not my path, but she put that on me because that's what she wanted because she never got the education that she wanted and she thought that's what I wanted, but that's not what I wanted at all. I didn't want that at all. I wanted something else. All I wanted was to be love and to allow myself to be expressed for who I am. That's it. I don't give a shit about having a uni degree or being a CEO. I don't care or being a doctor. I don't care about that. That means nothing to me. It might mean something to someone else, but for me, for my soul's journey, it's it's a different path. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you're saying is so true. I think this is where 
I did, I have issue with a lot of the, the conversation that we're having in the world today when it comes to generationally and people not understanding our parents and grandparents and great grandparents, they were raised differently. You have to, and you know, I had a recent conversation with my bro- oldest brother, I'm the youngest of four. And um, they used, they make fun of me saying that, you know, my mom was easy on me compared to the oldest. But my mom came from a family of 15, 16 kids. I want to say middle child was highly abused by her mother and had to raise herself. And so when she had our, our the oldest, she was strict on him. And he didn't understand it until later on. At a She was young when she had him. She had to be strict because she didn't want anything to happen. You know, I'm by myself. And so I got the softer side of her, I guess. You know what I mean? And they got the harder, stricter side of her. But at the end of the day, there's a reason why. And I think we are trying to push upon our elders a mindset that they probably would never understand. And them wanting better for us than they had looks different. And I think the mistake that we're making is we want our children to have more than what we had. And we're not teaching them the history of the struggle the ups and downs, how I was raised. I don't want to raise you the same way, but we're forgetting to add crucial parts so they can have understanding. And I think we're lacking that grace because so many of us are chastising our parents and grandparents for a mindset that will probably never change. And a lot of, many times, like you said, culturally, think about where where your mom is from. Like you said, women didn't have a voice. They were they were the lowest of value, all of those things. So having a daughter who's the oldest, I want you to have more than me. All she knows is heavy handbag. Her dad died when she was so young. She doesn't know what a, how a man should treat her. She doesn't know how a man should care for her. She just wanted to have, I guess, protection. You know, and they thought marriage was protection because could she have raised a child by herself if she had you sooner? Absolutely not. We couldn't make money that we couldn't own anything. So we forget sometimes that the times are different and the position that we're in is so much better to have ownership, to have a voice, to get an education at any age. It doesn't have to be young. We can get married whenever we want to get married. So I'm glad you had the conversation with her and I'm glad you had that other layer of healing because so many of us are not understanding that. The, if you only knew how your parents was raised and their, that how they grew up, but they have to tell you and you have to be receptive. And so many of our parents are not telling us the struggles they had. They're not telling us what they went through. And that whole keep your business in the house, put on a good face, everyone thinking everything is great and it's not has to stop. Damage individuals <laughs> walking around. It has to stop. It has to stop. So clearly you didn't have many role models, right? You no, had a lot to overcome and you're still on your journey. So at what point did you say, I have to tell my story and I need to help others heal? What was that like for you? When did that happen for you? That happened when I was uh, 29. Mm. So at 29, I was at the lowest of my life, uh, uh, woof. Um, so at 29, mm-hmm. I had a dress business, an online dress business that was failing 
miserably. I sold two positive cash flow investment properties. I had six figures in my bank account. And at the end of it, I only had $100. I was ending a relationship with a married man who was never going to divorce his wife and leave her for me. And I was in so much rage with my immediate family. I was renting in a granny flat in a shared house. I was in a living hell. And I I had my last phone coaching session with a relationship coach. First time I've ever seen a coach. And she said to me this, you created this by yourself and the penny dropped. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe I was living in denial. I think many of us forget that um, we it's the accountability, right? We want to blame everyone else. Well, if they didn't, and if they didn't, well, if they, if they should have, we refuse to hold ourselves accountable. That's the hardest thing to do because once you hold yourself accountable, is that mirror you're holding in your face saying, okay, I, I did this. I've made these choices that have placed me. There's some things, granted, you may, may be out of your hands. Let's just, I mean, that's, there's some things that happen that way. But 80% of the nonsense that we go through as adults sometimes, we have caused on our own because we walk in this, I am not accountable, it's everyone else, and I'm in denial. And we love lying to ourselves, don't we? We, I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, you was involved with a married man who was not going to leave his wife. Of course he's not going to leave his wife. Of course not. But it was safe. So I'm going to assume he will. And I'm mad at him because he won't. You need to be mad at yourself because you got yourself in a situation that's not going to be any better. So you had your life coach pretty much tell you the truth. It hit you like a brick wall. You didn't want to hear it probably, but you had to. And what was the next step with that? So I guess when you mentioned about the married man, funny mm-hmm. enough, I bumped into him three years ago in a self-development program. <laughs> and I, I know. And he was, he, he's not, he's moved on with a different relationship. I don't believe he's married. And we had a conversation through that program mm-hmm. and we healed. We got, I, I finally got closure mm-hmm. with why he decided not to choose me mm-hmm. and that was a beautiful experience so I just wanted to share that but oh, the next good. yeah so things happen for a reason and yeah. um the, so the next step was when the penny dropped that was my I believe that was perhaps my first level of awakening mm-hmm. and I've realized oh my god there are so many people in the world who are going through this too and they're just not aware that they can wake up and receive a deep level of healing that's not accessible to them because of mainstream media and therapy that, yes, clinical therapy is needed, but there are other forms as well that can help us to deepen our relationship with ourselves and be sovereign in how we can sustain our healing journey rather than outsourcing it to an academic. As you've mentioned before, if you don't have the personal experience of trauma, how can you understand someone else's pain? So that's when I've realized this is the path I feel called to 
be on. It also goes back to, and I mean, I do feel some things is common sense. You know what I mean? Like some things can be, okay, I may not, but mm, <laughs> come on, you know, a little bit of common sense. But like in in um, AA, I'm not I'm not a recovering addict, but your sponsor is one. You know what I mean? So when you are going through AA, the person who sponsors you to help you fight those urges is someone who's actually been through, been through it. And that to me, when it comes to trauma healing makes sense because they're the only ones who can say, who can tell you, you can't tell them, well, you don't know, but I do. I do know. And my burden is not any heavier than yours or lighter, but the fact is I've been there. So I know exactly what you're feeling right now. I've been there. Because, you know, we'll love to tell someone, you don't know, you don't understand. You can't tell someone who's been through it that. Because they'll tell you, oh, but I have. So try again. Try that trick again with someone else. I mean, there's some things in life, to me, is common sense. And it can be, look, I may have not experienced this, but this is what it sounds like. Because we know guilt tripping. We know you're not holding yourself accountable. That's fine. But when it comes to certain things, it really takes someone, in my opinion, who has experienced it or has tried to heal from it to say, listen, I've been there. I know I, I've been there. You can't, you can't play that game with me. I know what you're talking about. So clearly you do take therapy because you're constantly healing yourself and now you're helping others. So I want to enlist your help. I need Jess to help me heal. I need you to help me down that road. So tell me about what you do for us. So what I do is I provide online trauma recovery courses and I also provide one-to-one mentorship, whether it's through trauma recovery or through moving into quantum health, because I'm also a regenerative detox specialist, but I'm really known for trauma coach, coaching and childhood abuse. So I take on my clients on a journey to break free layers and layers and layers of the programming that they've been exposed to in their family dynamic, working on ancestral trauma, and unplugging false beliefs from the matrix, which we've been exposed to in today's society and the digital age, which is causing even more trauma, believe it or not. The digital era is causing more trauma than trauma out on the streets because we become more susceptible to predators online. And so this is all about discovering who you came here to be by awakening the consciousness of your soul. That is the best way I can describe this path. And I also provide a free inner child personality quiz on my website. And when you complete the quiz, you receive a free inner child healing activation. You do so much for so many people. How do you maintain your own wellness? How do you take on everyone else, right? And also 
how do you get rid of that at the end of the day so you can take care of you? Definitely. Self-care is my number one priority. So every single day I make time to go to the beach because I live by the beach. I ground myself sitting in onto the sand and grounding my energy because when we wake up, we can wake up from some really bad dreams or nightmares or we can take on energy from our environment, um, such as radiation of the internet from our neighbours or the collective energy, whatever it is. So I can wake up sometimes feeling anxious, so I need to ground myself. And then I would immerse myself into the ocean and I would start reprogramming myself with subliminal messaging, standing on the beach and letting the wind, the air, dry my body. And that clears my energy. That gives me space for me to create my energetic container. And then after that, I have my breakfast. I always have fruits first thing in the morning, smoothies and juices to detox my body. And as you detox, you're also detoxing trauma on a cellular level. And I spend some time in silence and in stillness without technology. So I clear my body, my mind, my spirit, and I bring that energy into my day, such as this podcast, such as the session that my client has booked in with me. This is really important to bring this energy into this container. And then in the day, uh, in the evening, I switch off from my devices and technology and the internet. I turn that off in the evening at about six, seven, and I just spend some time in stillness or I do some reading. Would you say that technology really truly is a barrier and really hurts our healing process? Is it a true distraction for everyone or just you think for yourself? Technology? On a global level, it's programming humanity to a low-level consciousness. More than ever before, we have been exposed to all of this information, bombarded left, right, and centre, and you start to notice why is it that Facebook is becoming political Um, or why is it that when you search something on Google, it gives you solutions that you're looking for but it's not giving you all of the solutions, Mm -hmm. So there's some form of control and manipulation in that as well. And also there's higher statistics of online predators targeting children, teens and women on social media platforms. And they become vulnerable in being attacked sexually, whether it's mentally, emotionally or physically, because they become they built that trust with the predator So that's one example. I mean, for for my case, it's about seeking instant gratification on social media platforms. And I've realized this is not serving me and it's not serving my audience because I'm starting to get programmed. I have to start sharing posts and selfies in order to get more likes and more engagement. And that's not who I'm about. But I've realized, oh, but that's how I can get my message across more. And that's not it at all. It has to come from my heart. And I've realized by practicing digital minimization, it has allowed me to go inward more and express more of myself that is authentic so I can be of the highest self service to others and to myself. 
That's amazing. I, I, tr- I've, I've tried, I've tried to <laughs> disconnect because, um, you know, when the pandemic hit and everyone had to sit down, right. We had to just sit down and just whatever. I realized how damaging the media is and how you have to just disconnect sometimes. You know, I know we need the news, the newspaper, the magazines. We want to know because we're not we're not all over the world. You know, we have to figure out what's happening here, what's happening there. But just the way the media has turned into this sensationalized, you know, the old school saying, if it bleeds, it leads. If it's the worst, it's going to lead. And the feel-good stories were not there anymore. Um, everything was very high-level nonsense and just it infuriates you, you get angry, you get sad, and the roller coaster emotions on top of everything else was just a lot. And I had to tell myself, let me turn all this off. Let me just go, you know, plant some flowers or let me do something else. I had to catch myself thinking, wow, I'm tense. I'm I'm just walking around like this in worry, in frustration and anger behind what's being put out there. And be it true, be it not, whatever it was, I had to tell myself, I can put my phone down. I can turn off the computer. I need to just walk away for a little bit. Even though, yes, the way it's set up, you need technology to put yourself out there so people can know what you're doing. But it doesn't have to be 24-7. You have to find those, you have to break from it to find mental peace. You have to. You just have to. Oh, I'm proud of you. I agree with you, sister, yeah. because it's about we do need technology. I'm not saying we can't have technology. I'm not saying that at all. It mm-hmm. serves us to a point and it's using our discernment to find the balance in our usage with it and how it can serve us to achieve what we need to achieve. Right. And we need to have boundaries around usage of social media apps, messaging apps, um, mm-hmm. our laptops, technology, the internet, all of these things. So 100% using our discernment wisely. So you have your website. You also have your videos on YouTube where you share quick videos, no more than 20, 30 minutes. So let's talk about what you're providing one-on-one with your clients and also what you're putting out there for free for us to look at. Tell me about this. Yes, yeah, sure thing. So let's start with the free stuff. We all love freebies. Love so. Freebies. <laughs> so with the free stuff, I share my content through YouTube. That's the only social media platform that I'm on at the moment. Mm-hmm. And as you've mentioned, I create short videos. I try to make it short and straight to the point. So it's bite size and for the information to really hit home to the person who's receiving it. There you shall find is content around childhood traumas, Uh, Also, my free healing activations with your inner child and accessing your personal power and sovereignty. You'll also see videos with my uh, tips on detoxification the right way, where you're healing your body and purging out trauma from the inside out. Um, And that's the YouTube channel, Life in Confidence. Check it Mm -hmm. out. And then... Uh, The other free stuff that I offer 
I have my free webinars. I have two free webinars full of content and information that will blow your mind, which you can find on my YouTube channel or on my website, which is www.lifeinconfidence.com, which is L-I-F-E-I-N-C-O-N-F-I-D-E-N-C-E. And one webinar, it's about how you can overcome childhood traumas in just three months. And the second webinar is how you can make a come back from your health crisis in three months. So you can find that information on YouTube or on my website. And for my paid offerings, again, as I've mentioned before, I provide three different online courses, which you can find on the shop section of my website. And I provide two personalized different one-to-one programs, just you and me. One is on regenerative detoxification and moving into quantum health. And the other program is how you can find yourself in trust by overcoming your childhood traumas and awakening the consciousness of your soul. I just wanted to say that I absolutely love your words of wisdom. There's so much nuggets of gold in in the insights that you share. And uh, I really appreciate your ability to hold space to listen oh. and to share what's in your heart. So thank you so much. Well thank, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, you know, I, I you know, I just think for me, um, <laughs> I had to, I appreciate you. Thank you. That means a lot. Cause I'm, I tell people all the time, I don't know anything. I just, I've just lived a lot of life in a small time, in small amount of time. Just like you, I had to grow up really quickly, really fast. Um, I do not have a trauma-filled life, but I did feel the trauma that my mother felt growing up because she poured so much love on me. You can, you know, when someone pours that much love on you, it's coming from a place of I didn't receive it. And I was lucky enough that my mom was able to she was strict. She passed away in 2014. She was strict. No nonsense. But I also knew the love she poured on me was because she didn't receive love. And that's why I say to people, you can have everyone in the same environment and everyone had, because she was abused, she never abused me. You know what I mean? But I did feel the strict. I did feel the, the no, not do better than me. I want you to have more than me but I want you to enjoy life and not to settle down too soon and all those things. But um, I just try to look at things on all sides. Just I try really hard to hold myself accountable for my actions and to watch my words because I understand also, and I check my wellness at the door. I check my wellness at the door all the time. When I go into any situation, I ask myself, where am I at right now mentally? How am I feeling? Because at the end of the day, so many of us project and it's unfair. And I try really hard to take care of myself and also know this person right now didn't do anything to me. So why am I rumbling? Why am I so upset? If I'm triggered, do they even know my triggers? Do they even know me to know that a shoulder tap may set me off or saying good morning at 905 may set me off. That's, I try really hard to exercise grace in everything, but also 
not be taken advantage of and also don't allow anyone else to project onto me. It's like, I don't know what you're going through. So don't do that. <laughs> don't do that to me because I don't know what you're going through. You know what I mean? So I I try really hard to um, work on my wellness every day. And, and you're doing a great job. Thank you. Great job. Thank you. I just, you know, I I think podcasting has helped me. I just lost my dad in August. That really changed my mindset. Thank you. That that changed my mindset as well because I wasn't sure how I would be. And I think many of us don't know. And I had to tell myself, let me distance myself from a lot of people because I do not want to grieve in an unhealthy way. I don't want to attach when I shouldn't because I may end up hurting someone else when I do detach. And I had to ask myself, where am I in my wellness? And I also decided my no is my no and my yes is my yes. Like, and that's, I stand on it. Like, no, and I don't owe you an explanation. It's just no, because I don't want to. Or no, because I need to take care of me. And just like when I asked you about who have you lost along the way, you know, I'm 44 and I will never say my age ever again. I'm 44. And in my 44 years, I've cultivated great relationships. I have friends I've had since fourth grade, fifth grade that hold me accountable. We love each other. We've been through all the dark sides and ups and downs. There's no trauma bonding. And as I've grown, they've grown with me. And I love that I have that type of environment. So I know that for me, I would never be able to to counsel someone who's been through what you've been through because I can't, I can't even experience, I wouldn't even know what to tell you because that's, that's baffling to me. So hearing your story is amazing to me and I can only add tidbits that make sense to me, but what you're doing for others and you, what you've done for yourself is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I thank you for wanting to be here and share your story and share who you are and share those, the realities, share your, your ups and downs. Thank you so much, sister. Oh, and, you're welcome. and there's only one question that I wanted to ask you. Oh yes. I'm so sorry. You didn't ask me anything. Yes. yes and, and don't be sorry at all. This is the only question that came to me. Okay. What made you wanted to create your podcast? Oh gosh. Um, <clears throat> I get asked this question quite a bit and I think it, it still stands true and it changes from time to time. But for me, when I started podcasting, I missed great conversation in media. That's one being a black woman and being a black woman in media, I despise with passion, how black people are placed in media with reality shows, with certain things, it bothers me because there's so much more that we enjoy and we love. We're nerds. We love comics. We love real estate. We love making money. We love entertainment. We love wellness. We're doctors. We're lawyers. We're, we're politicians we're cooks, we're whatever, we're everything. And what you see is a stereotypical thing that happens for anyone who's not, not 
of European descent. They stereotype you. You know, no one would think you're Australian. No one would think that. They would just see, they would just see the the eye shape, the skin tone, and then it goes to a stereotype, right? They will see me and it goes to a stereotype. My family's from the Caribbean, Trinidad and St. Lucia. Oh, a stere- oh, Jamaican? I didn't say that. You know, it's a stereotype. <laughs> and it bothered me that we were not seeing those conversations. And all you had for a long time was Oprah. And then if you did have someone else of color, it was a it was a, a judge show that got a little wild sometimes with foolishness. And so I've always listened to podcasts for a very long time. And I used to host at my home, I would cook and tell everybody, bring something to drink. I'm cooking. Let's have a roundtable conversation. And I'd have either married couples, single people, and we'll just talk about different topics. And I enjoyed that. So that made me start podcasting because I, I'm I'm naturally very shy. I don't like being in the spotlight whatsoever. Um, but I just missed hearing great conversation. And I just missed... And in the podcast world, there's more people of color now than ever. But at one point, all you really had was NPR or different things. And it was only one voice and one tone. And it was not many of us being heard. So for me, as a Black woman, I wanted to put out there a safe space to have conversation. I am not trying to interview celebrities. I'm not trying to interview the, I'm not trying to do hot topics. I don't want to talk about hot topics. I'm not trying to fall into that hole, even though some things are interesting and do spark good conversation. I wanted to highlight amazing people. I wanted to have topics on wellness or relationships, society and culture with regular people who look like me or who don't look like me. And you're getting a safe space. I try to create an environment where you come here and you think you're at my house sitting down having a nice meal we're going to have a drink, maybe. It could be water and maybe something a little bit stronger. And we're going to have a good time and we're going to have a conversation and you walk away feeling safe. That's why I podcast. No, that's beautiful. I really love your answer. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank it really came you. from Thank the heart. And, you. you know, your podcast is of service to so many people who are listening to this because so many people need to hear this information. Thank you. I, I try. I, I really, really try. So here's your uh, your three options, correct? Yes, those are the three different trauma recovery courses that you can find there. And if you go to my website, to the homepage, um, you know, that's where you can book a free clarity call, which is a free 30-minute consultation okay. with myself on Zoom to find out, you know, if you feel that I am the right person that you wish to work with me privately. So that's pretty much it. Awesome. So we have everything here. When you go to her website, all of it's on the side here. Shop about me, questions, success, media, how to contact you. Everything's all there. Everything's all there. Very easy to maneuver. That's really important. <laughs> maneuvering. <laughs> oh, it is maneuvering your website. I have your information strolling at the bottom. I want to say, Jess, um, thank you so much for coming on and reaching out to me. I am honored when people want to be on the show. I'm so glad to be able to um, put your story out there. Hopefully a little bit more reach for you somewhere else because your voice needs to be heard. People need to know um, because someone out there has probably been through what you've been through and um, 
feel like I'm there by themselves and there's no one that understands. So thank you for being brave. Thank you for your healing journey. And thank you for continuing your healing journey and also now healing others. I truly appreciate you. And I want to say thank you for being on. It's been a joy. Thank you so much, sister. You're incredible. Thank Your you. Thank you. It really is of high service to humanity. Thank you so much. Thank you. So sweet. And you're always welcome. Always welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much, honey. Thank Mwah. you. Bye.